0: Good morning, everybody. He is risen. I'm sorry, I couldn't hear you. He is risen. Yes, he is risen indeed. Isn't that wonderful? Death, where is your sting? Grave, where is your victory? Jesus is alive. It's wonderful at this time of the year to celebrate the fact that each and every day we worship a living, risen Saviour. What does that mean for us as we go through life each and every day? It gives us hope, gives us a foundation. And so today I want to look at three different aspects of the resurrection and why we can have faith for the future based on the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And the first thing is that the resurrection of Jesus is a verified historical fact. And that's so critical because without the resurrection, the Christian faith is worthless. Without the resurrection, we have no hope. Without the resurrection, the Christian faith is a sham because it's built around a living, living, risen saviour. Paul wrote uh, a passage in 1 Corinthians uh, 15. Christ was buried. He was raised on the third day according to the scriptures. He appeared to Cephas and then to the 12. After that, he appeared to more than 500 of the brothers and sisters at the same time, most of whom are still living, though some have fallen asleep. And then he appeared to James and then to all the apostles. And last of all, he appeared to me also as to one abnormally born. There are 12 post-resurrection appearances of Jesus recorded for us in the scriptures. And I don't want to go into unpacking any more about that because there are people that have written books, people with brains much bigger than mine, libraries full, written by people much more informed than I am about the resurrection. But what I simply want to say is that we can be confident in the fact that the resurrection was a literal, physical resurrection and that our faith has a sure and secure foundation. The second thing that we know about the resurrection is the resurrection of Jesus is, for the Christian, a future hope. On Tuesday, our family held a a funeral service for uh, Lynn's mum, Jean. And I just want to pause right now and to say thank you. Thank you to our church family for the many emails and cards and flowers and your expressions of sympathy and um, and just prayer expressed to us over this period of time. It was an interesting time. It's the first funeral I've taken COVID-19 style. Uh, to be in a small little chapel um, celebrating the life of a much-loved lady. And yet we were rejoicing because, as you'll know, um, Jean committed a life five years ago at the age of 85, to Jesus Christ. And so she is now experiencing what Jesus spoke about to Martha outside the tomb of Lazarus 2,000 years ago when he said, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will live, even though he dies. And whoever lives and believes in me will never die. So what does that mean for Jean now? What is she experiencing? Well, I don't know. I can only imagine. Sounds like a song title, doesn't it? And it is. And it's also a movie title. And friends, if you're looking for something to watch over this weekend, download it and have a look at that film, I Can Only Imagine. It gives us into a, a glimpse into facing life because of the resurrection, facing the life with confidence, even though the past and life might have been a struggle. We can do that. So what is Gene experiencing? I Can Only Imagine. Eye is not seen. Ear is not heard. Neither has the mind imagined what Christ has prepared for those who love him. Christian writer J. Oswald Sanders gave us his thoughts on heaven. He said, we will have bodies fit for the full life of God to indwell and express itself forever. We will be able to eat, but will not need to. We will be able to move rapidly through space and matter. We will be ageless and not know pain, tears, sorrow, sickness or death. We will have bodies of splendor. And that's the hope we have too, eternity in the presence of Jesus. But the third aspect, and I want to concentrate more fully on today, is that the resurrection of Jesus is a present reality and it's a present hope. I think too often we as Christians concentrate on the first two points. We want to make sure that the resurrection of Jesus was a validated historical event, and it is. And we then want to skip to the, to the future, and we just want to make sure that our future is secure and that we can de- delight ourselves that we too will be raised to live with Christ when our earthly tent is folded up for the last time, and we will. But then the question is, what now? What hope does the resurrection give us now? For those of us who have responded to faith in Jesus Christ, if all we're to do is to hang around and wait till Jesus comes back so that he can take us up to be with him so we can have pie in the sky when we die, it's no wonder that people some people die at the age of 30 and then they've got to wait till they're 70 or 80 to get buried. Life needs to have purpose. Life needs to have a reason for us to exist. Now, I don't want to be too disparaging of this life that I enjoy or indeed the people that I live with. Um, I enjoy life. I'm a glass half full person. I love life. And God has blessed me with a wonderful wife and fantastic kids. I live in the best country in the world with the freedom we have. I've had the opportunity to travel and to explore, not so much now with coronavirus, and that's all for a good cause, and we can see the effects of that. So keep staying home. Keep your social distance there. I have the privilege to hear the gospel. And to respond to faith in Jesus Christ. I have the privilege of doing life with you, our church community, to be encouraged in my journey and to encourage others. It's a special thing to live life on earth in a Christian community. And there's hope in that. But then there's another side to this life on earth. And we know all about it. The drought, the famines, the floods, the fires the disease, COVID-19, and the list could go on of the different challenges that we experience on this earth. As Paul writing to the Romans said, creation is in bondage to decay. So how does that resurrection impact me? Living with a hope for the future, trying to find hope for today and living in the myriad of these challenges of life, both on the macro and on the micro. The micro, for example, family uh, brokenness, financial pressures, perhaps uh, the, the hardships that some are experiencing now because of being laid off or stood down with this coronavirus. So how can we take that hope for today? Because of the resurrection of Jesus. Well, I think there are two things that come out of Matthew 28 for us that was read for us earlier. You know, we live in a troubled generation. Researchers say that we are the most troubled generations that have ever walked the earth. Particularly millennials seem to struggle with that whole aspect of anxiety and what does the future hold? There's no need to fear. Twice in this passage from Matthew 28, we read, do not fear. In verse five, the angel said to the women, do not be afraid. And in verse 10, Jesus said to them, do not be afraid. The presence of Jesus with us, His presence with us allows us to face the future with confidence. The resurrection of Jesus, that amazing demonstration of God's power over death means for us nothing is impossible because God stands with us. And he invites us to walk with him and to grab a hold of who he is and to walk with him in trust. Friends, even in the midst of this COVID-19 pandemic, we can live with joy. We can live with hope. We can live with peace. Our future is assured no matter what might happen to us in this life. Even the loss of a loved one. Even the possible death of ourselves in the years to come. We can face the future with confidence. Because we too have been born again into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. That's the truth. That's our living hope. But that living hope is not just something to be viewed in the future. That hope transcends through to the way we live life each and every day. Jesus provided us with a model about that. We're told that um, Jesus, for the joy that was set before him, endured the cross. Jesus knew that there would come a time when he would ascend and be on the right hand again of the Father. And because of what lay ahead for him, he could endure all the challenges that came in life and we know the many challenges that were in life for jesus the suffering and the humiliation he suffered at the cross but before that all the challenges he had even with the religious leaders of that day but for jesus knowing what lay before him he could endure that hardship and friends you and i can endure the hardships of life even today as we put our trust in jesus christ no matter what that journey might be. We need to take hold of that. God has a plan and God has a purpose for us and our God will never leave us. He said, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. I love the quote from Corrie Ten Boom. Worrying is carrying tomorrow's load with today's strength. Carrying two days at once. It is moving into tomorrow ahead of time. Worrying doesn't empty tomorrow of its sorrow It empties today of its strength. What an amazing line. Worrying doesn't empty tomorrow of its sorrow. It empties today of its strength. And how true that is. Friends, you might be saying, well, Brian, it's all right for you to say, don't worry. But this is something that builds up inside me. It's it's an anxiety that builds and I don't know how to deal with it. And I think that's where the key to living without fear comes. It's in our prayer relationship. It's in our prayer life. It's in coming to Jesus and saying, Lord, I bring this anxiety before you. I want to devote myself to you. I want to be prayerful and I want to be watchful. And I want to be thankful about what you have done for me. And Lord, I want you to settle my heart. And I want you to allow me to listen to you and to take comfort from you and to take my inspiration for life today from who you are. How does the resurrection of Jesus impact me each and every day? Well, the other thing that comes out of Matthew 28 for us is that we have a new mission. We are sent people. We are sent people. Three times in Matthew 28, we read an instruction to go. The angel in verse 7 said to the women, go quickly and tell his disciples. And then Jesus in verse 10 said, do not be afraid, go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee. And then in verse 19, what we know as the Great Commission, Jesus told his disciples to go and to make disciples of all nations. And on each occasion, what they were required to do was to go and to share the good news and what good news it is. John chapters 13 to 17 are five fascinating chapters of an account of Jesus with his disciples in the upper room. And it culminates um, with Jesus uh, leaving and going out to the Garden of Gethsemane. But he was praying for his disciples. And he prayed this. My prayer is not that you take them out of the world, but that you protect them from the evil one. They are not of the world, even as I am not of it. Sanctify them. Set them apart by your truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, so I am sending them into the world. This is where the res- resurrection of Jesus gives us purpose friends we're wondering what we're doing here between the the cross and between life with jesus in the place that he's preparing for us this is where we get our purpose we're to continue to work out the ministry of jesus we are to be the hands and the feet of jesus and what a privilege what a privilege it is this resurrection sunday to know that not only was jesus raised to new life But Jesus wants to raise up to a new purpose in life. He wants to raise us up to fulfill this purpose in his name and in his power and the power of his spirit. Matthew 5, 16, Jesus said, Let your light so shine before men so that they see your good deeds and they glorify your Father in heaven. So what's this mission all about? Well, this mission is a mission in word, sign and deed because that's the way God ministers to us. Can you imagine the uh, the joy of the women that first Easter as they hurried away with the good news? Uh, they were told um, first the good news from the angel and then the good news from Jesus, and they were told to go. Uh, I don't think they would have needed to go and be told to go and share that good news. Once their initial fear and, and shock had, um, had passed by, the natural requirement for them, the internal requirement of them, the comp- The compelling emotion for them was to go and to tell others the good news. And so they did. And so we need to go too, especially in this time of history. In this time of our world, we have the good news of the gospel. Jesus is alive. Jesus walks with us. For those that know Jesus, the Spirit of God dwells within us. And he sends us out on a mission in the world. And we need always to be prepared to give an answer for the hope that is in us and to do that with gentleness and respect, even in these situations of life. Friends, you yourself might want words of hope and need words of hope spoken over you today. I just want to say to you again, fear not. The Lord is with you. And he wants to use you to take these words of encouragement to your neighbours and to your family who desperately need to grab hold of that hope. Today, all the conversations um, that we hear when we're talking to one another, those that are on our radios and on our TVs, are, are, are looking. People are looking for hope. We see the devastation that's happening, particularly in places now like Italy and Spain, and uh, and America, and England, and it's tragic. Where do we get our hope? We get our hope by the words of Jesus. He gives us life, and He gives us hope for the future. We also worship a God of the supernatural. We worship a God of the miraculous. A God who wants to bring healing and restoration. And we need to honour Him with the magnitude of our requests. Too often, friends, I think we fail to honour God with the magnitude of our requests. We, um, we bring things to Him and we ask Him to bless our plans. Some things that we've already orchestrated ourselves. We need to be bold in our prayers nicodemus came to jesus at night we read in john three and he said rabbi we know that you are a teacher who has come from god for no one could perform the signs that you were doing if god were not with him other other paraphrases translations say no one could perform the miracles that you were doing unless god were with him the amazing thing is friends that jesus says that we would do greater things because His Spirit indwells us. And so we need to pray that God would use us, that God would give us boldness to come and to pray for the Spirit of God to bring healing, healing physically, relationally, emotionally and spiritually uh, in our own lives, and in the lives of our friends and our neighbours. God is able and God wants us to be engaged in this ministry, in this mission of signs, the signs demonstrating the power of who He is. I told a story a couple of weeks ago um, about a time in my life, about 30 years ago, when my faith was deepened, when the gift of faith started to dwell up in my life. And it was a time when I lost two and a half stone or 16 kilograms of weight in about two weeks. I had a deadly staph infection. And uh, my wife, who was also my social conscience, um, told me that I left out the end of that story And I want to bring that to you because, um, strangely, uh, lately in my life, my conversations don't often finish. I want to finish it for you today. As I lay in that hospital bed and I lost all this weight and my health was failing, I had one of the medical staff come to me and ask if I wanted a priest to come and pray for me. And as it happened, I had three people lined up that particular night who were coming from our church here to come and anoint me and anoint me with oil and to pray over me, and they did that. And I've got to tell you, from that time on, my health took a different turn. God, in his love and in his mercy, raised me up to be able to walk out of that hospital bed about four or five days later. I've seen miracles work. You and I know the miracle working power of God. Our God is a God of miracles. And our mission in this world is to take the hope that comes from the resurrection of Jesus. Nothing is more miraculous than being raised from the dead. And we want to be praying over our friends who need it. Friends, you might be facing an obstacle in your life now. And you want to bring that. You want to bring that to our prayer team to pray with you. A little bit more challenging in our COVID-19 times, but we can do that. We can still pray over you and ask that you might see God His power raise you up to newness of life, no matter what that happens to be. If you've had a prayer need, you can just scroll down to the bottom of our feed today and you can click on that prayer need and you can let our prayer team know about that. We would love to pray with you. If you're wanting to speak to someone, you can also put that on that prayer chain. I'd love to catch up over the phone with you or even come and visit and to talk about how we can be praying and encouraging you through this hardest situation of life. God wants to work his miracle working power in our our lives today. Then the third aspect of our, of our, our mission is good deeds. As the saying goes, actions speak louder than words. Matthew 25, then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you a stranger and invite you in or needing clothes and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison and go to visit you? The king will reply. Truly I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. Australians are generous in this response to need. And the church of God is very generous in its response to need. Over the centuries, it's the church of Jesus Christ that has led the way in aid and development and relief work right down through those centuries. And that's God's call on our church and all people who put their trust in him, to be people who show that our words are matched by our actions, where our faith and our deeds go together. Friends, we have a special focus this Resurrection Sunday. It's an opportunity that we have to stand beside those who are hurting. As you know, over past months, we've been standing with the people that have been affected by the bushfires down on the south coast, particularly those in the community of Cabago. Now, what's happening is all the news about the bushfires and the development of all that, that's off our news now. All our news feeds are all about coronavirus And that's what we hear. But we've got people that are still living. Can you believe it? We got news yesterday that over 100 families in the township of Cobargo are living in caravans, in tents or in cars. And because of coronavirus, a lot of the charities have pulled back on what they can offer in those parts. We have an opportunity to do it. Our men shared have just, um, they've had to pull back on what they're doing with their trips down into Cobargo now because of this pandemic. And yet there is a need. And we are able to get some things. What are they needing? Particularly as the weather started to to, uh, turn a little colder, they are needing uh, warm bedding and warm clothes. And we've got a list that we will email out on our our, uh, email list so that you're aware of what the needs are so that we can respond to that. If you're wanting to make a cash donation so we can then buy these things in bulk and we'll give it to the organisation that can buy it in bulk, you can do that by making your tax-deductible donation to Care and Concern Ministries and putting next to that in the description, Cobargo. Friends, we have been given this ministry of standing beside people and letting them know that the power of the resurrected Jesus is alive today. And that power is lived out through people who have whose hearts have been transformed by the Spirit of God and who are the hands and the feet of Jesus. That's our call. That's why we can rejoice. Friends, today we can rejoice. Why? Because the resurrection was an event that happened. We can rejoice because our future is assured in the presence of Jesus. But we can rejoice because the living Jesus works within us to take away our fear, to have us speak his words of comfort, to have us see the miracles that he wants to perform and to ask that he would do that amongst us and has us use the gifts that we have to be doing good for those who desperately need it. Friends, the last thing I want to encourage us to do today is to be people who stand firm. Let nothing move us. Let us give ourselves fully to the work of the Lord because our labour is not in vain. Our labour is not in vain. This Resurrection Sunday tells us that. Our time is short here to make a difference in the lives of those people who desperately need to have hope this Sunday. Will you pray with me? Our Heavenly Father, we want to praise you and thank you for who you are. How we thank you that death could not hold you down that you are alive, that you are risen. And Lord, what that means to us is that we walk around with your spirit indwelling us. You want us to make a difference in this world. You want us to be your hands and feet. Father, you want us to declare the words um, of, of just comfort. Father, your words of salvation, your words of hope. And Father, you want us to be praying that you would still continue to work in this world through the miraculous. And Father, you want us to be your hands and feet as we stand alongside people who are hurting to show your love. And Father, we want to do that. On this day, we offer ourselves again to you. And Father, we thank you for all that you've done for us through Jesus Christ. And we thank you that for what his resurrection means to us individually and for us as a body of people together. Thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.